Hola, Tucson. Thank you for joining us for the No Tucson podcast with the City of Tucson Ward 1 Council Member Lane Santa Cruz. Hola, buenas tardes. This is Lane Santa Cruz reporting live from the porch of my Menlo Park residence. Awesome. I'm the co-host, Liz Soltero. I'm executive director for our Ward 1 office, and I'm joining you from my living room here in um, Park West. If it's your first time listening, um, thank you for joining us. We started this podcast in response to our daily fight against COVID-19. In addition to having a social media presence and an electronic newsletter, we wanted to send out a podcast as an effort to share information and resources with the community. And during the podcast, we'll plan to tackle two or three topic questions that we've had, and we'll end on something joyful. So today we'll be talking about the census and ACER. So on April 1st, we had Census Day. And since we've been getting uh, questions, especially from our Latinx community, I want to make sure that people know that the census is not asking about legal status or citizenship. I think it's important to note that like this past week, as folks were filling out the census, we got personal calls from folks, especially Mexicano, Latinx, Chicanx folks, asking about the question of race. Uh, before 2010, uh, folks who identify as Latinx had automatically been classified as white. And since 2010, it's given folks the option to like self-identify the race. And it creates a tension because as Latinx people, folks who come from a history of colonization where we experience both an ancestry of being like indigenous, African and European peoples, it's not very clear. So like our race is not very binary and the way that it gets presented to us um, makes it look like it is. So we just wanted to make sure that folks kind of think through what do they feel most comfortable with. So like personally, my family comes from Sonora and from Chihuahua and our familial stories are about being Eldebe Opata and uh, Taromara. So when I self-identify as somebody who comes from American Indian or Alaskan Native ancestry, I specify um, the indigenous groups that I'm from. But it's also a challenge because a lot of us are so disconnected, like we're not part of these tribal communities anymore. So it's hard for us to identify as like, like our, with our European ancestry or our African ancestry or our indigenous ancestry. So it's really kind of like a call that we all have to make. But the reason why I think personally it's important that we specify something other than white is because we have these very skewed numbers that show that like the U.S. population is like 75% white or Caucasian or European when that is simply not the case. We have to have these conversations about our histories, especially our colonial histories as it pertains to race. Lane, can you share with us why it's important to get this information? So filling out the census is important because it is one of the mechanisms that our federal, state, and local government uses to distribute funds and investment and infrastructure because it's all dependent on population numbers. So it is very important that everyone gets counted because if not, that is like money that is not coming into our community. 
So I finally had the opportunity yesterday morning to fill out um, my census application for my home. Um, you know, we've all been getting like the letters and like the postcards and there's a code, but it's important to know that if for some reason you misplaced it or you threw it in the trash that you can still fill out your information without that code. You can fill out the application online by mail or by phone. The online website is my2020census.gov or the number to call is 1-844-330-2020. Yes, I wanna encourage everyone to fill out the census. It took me about 10 minutes, so it went by pretty swiftly. Other things on, on our mind right now is Easter. Easter's coming up this Sunday. It's a very important time for our families to come together and to celebrate and, and be in community with one another. Liz, so I'm curious about what your Easter family traditions typically look like. Well, so our, our traditions kind of change from year to year, depending, you know, on like when, if the siblings are getting along. But for the most part, we, we get together and either we go to the park and do a barbecue there and hide the eggs all throughout the park, or we get together at my mom's house make food, hide the eggs throughout the yard, and we'll also go to church service. And what's your plan right now in this current situation for how you're going to celebrate with your family? Yeah, so it'll be Noah and me, and we plan to color eggs, and on Easter, we will get together, spend some time, and we'll end up hiding hiding the eggs in the front yard and in the backyard. So Lane, what do you all plan to do? So I didn't grow up in a household where we celebrated Easter. My parents were like, were our evangelical Christians. So we didn't celebrate a lot of religious holidays that you typically see in like Catholic and Christian communities. But I'm, you know, I'm probably just used to being home and like doing a special meal with the family and doing some outdoor activities from home. So we just wanted to share some ways of still practicing ceremony and still celebrating from our homes, just encouraging folks to not gather in groups of larger than 10, and that our park's amenities, including our ramadas, they're closed, as well as, you know, thinking about church, if, you, if there's an option to do virtual streaming, that you take advantage of that and that everyone has a really safe and, and loving Easter. So to conclude our time today, we wanted to talk about what is bringing us joy for this week of April 6th. Uh, Liz, so what is bringing you joy this week? I, today I got internet at my house. Welcome After. to the 21st century. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I, I, I caved and I, I'm like, okay, you know, Noah has to access online resources. All of our meetings are virtually and my mobile hotspot isn't getting, <laughs> getting me too far. So that's bringing me joy that I can be better connected to everyone. And it also brings me a lot of joy to hear that there's just a lot of folks all over the city donating items, very important supplies that our first responders need, whether it's masks or, you know, that folks are just coming out and 
and trying to share. That brings me joy too. What about you, Lane? You know what, this, this transition, as for many of us, has been really hard on me physically and socially, all those things. But, you know, we have moments where we feel really productive and other moments where we don't. But I decided it's like my own practice in the morning or at some point during the day to like get some physical, you know, like a physical release. So for me, that's usually just riding my bike. And so I've been trying to make that a priority of my day is to ride my bike. Otherwise, if I'm not riding my bike, I'm going to be at home. Like I'm nowhere else. But just even having that space outdoors, getting some vitamin D, some sunshine has been really good for my mental health and bringing me a lot of joy. So as we close out, um, thank, thank you to everyone for listening in. Just want to remind folks that there is still the 211 COVID-19 hotline, which is a statewide number that you can call if you have questions, concerns. Pima County Unemployment Hotline, 520-724-5735 as a resource. And we do have our City of Tucson Small Business Hotline, 520-837-4100. And we want to just continue to support and encourage businesses, whether that's ordering online, delivery or pickup for food. Thank you all for joining us. Thank you all for sharing in in this like brief moment with us. We'll see you next week. Resist. And much love.